Brent Marks, Bill Baylog, and Carson Macedo make Sprint Car Series choices and we'll react to all of them. Plus, the Knoxville Nationals gets richer and we'll talk weekend indoor racing. Let's go. It's Tuesday, December 19th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. We're back at it today after a few days off. If you missed it over the weekend, I posted two new Conversations episodes, one with Sprint Car Driver Zach Hampton and one with previous World of Outlaws crew member and current NASCAR mechanic and Sprint Car Driver George Laux. I know these guys aren't household names, but I would encourage you to check these two shows out. Me and Zach talked a lot about, you know, kind of the grind and trying to grind it out as a Sprint Car Driver at the highest levels. And there's a ton of insight in there. And George has seen the sport from all sides as a sprint car crew member for Casey Kane Racing to now trying to fit in as many races as he can as a driver in between his day job. Guys like George are really what the sport looks like outside of the national spotlight. As we look ahead to the next few weeks on this channel and podcast feed, the rest of this week will be normal stuff, dailies on current events as usual. Next week, we'll mix it up uh, again with some more interviews and some other stuff. So uh, even around the Christmas holiday, there will still be plenty of content coming your way. Looking back on this past weekend, plenty of things to talk about and react to, which I figured would happen with me taking a short break. Uh, we had more sprint car news, wild racing at the Dome, and some other stuff to talk about as well. First, the sprint car series announcements continued with High Limit growing to 13, and the Outlaws now sitting at 11. The High Limit pickup was the addition of Brent Marks back on Friday. This was one we'd been waiting for and knew was you know, obviously a very strong possibility. Marks has been one of the top pick-and-choose guys in the past few years, but now returns to a series full-time. He's previously been out on the road with the World of Outlaws and did a brief stint with the All-Stars in 2021. That All-Star run ended after he parted ways with CJB Motorsports that April, and since then, he's been back in his own car, and I think he's really developed into one of the top sprint car drivers in the country. I think a jump to high limit is very on-brand for Marks. He can show up anywhere, uh, win anywhere, anytime, but also likes to take those weekends off. I think the high limit schedule will allow that team to still do that while also chasing a championship. As we start getting closer to being done with team announcements, the focus, I think, is going to start to shift towards who will be in the mix for the High Limit Championship and that first round of charters. And I think Marks will be in the hunt right there with Brad Sweet and Rico Abreu. And I think uh, that team is a very strong uh, candidate for the first round of charters. If the 19 squad, though, is really going to bring the fight to the Napa 49, they will need to take a significant step forward in consistency. His 2023 top 10 percentage of 70, uh, 77% trails Brad Sweets by a fairly significant margin. A Sweet was 87%. We know Sweet is probably the top points racer in the country right now. And so if you're, you're going to beat him, you're going to have to at the very least try and match him. On the outlaw side, their field went from 9 to 11 with the additions of Bill Baylog and Carson Macedo. Baylog, obviously, uh, obviously the surprise of the group and a name I hadn't even heard really in the mix for choosing a series. And it sounds like he wasn't really expecting it either, but did get some sponsor help, uh, some added help to make the move with that coming together here very recently. I've got a slider piece uh, from Jordan Willman coming out later today that has an interview with the North Pole Nightmare, and he explains uh, the situation a little bit further. So stay tuned for that. Baylog was a full-time All-Star in 2022 and 2021 before reverting back to a pick-and-choose schedule this past season. So he's no stranger to a touring sprint car series. In 2023, he won twice with the All-Stars and six times with the IRA, where he is a 10-time champion. And he does have an outlaw win on his resume as well. That was at Beaver Dam back in 2016. Baylog will go up against Landon Crawley in the side 7S for the Kevin Gobrecht Rookie of the Year Award. Uh, he pushed the outlaw field into double digits with his decision. 
With a couple of defections to high limit, I wondered if we'd get a few to join the outlaws with the prospect of more money being available. And I think this is an opportunistic move here for the 17B car. And then yesterday, it was Carson Macedo and the JJR41 announcing a return to the Outlaws for season number six. There was chatter that the t- uh, this team was mulling a jump to high limit, but staying with the Outlaws, I think, is a big get for that side. Sands, Brad Sweet, all of the main series stars are now returning, including Macedo, David Gravel, Gio Selzy, Logan Schuhart, Donnie Schatz, and Shelton Hoddenshield. That's six of the top seven in the 2023 standings all coming back. As has been the past few seasons, uh, as has been the case, Macedo will again be in the mix for the Outlaw title. And even with that group needing to replace two crew members, I would not expect them to skip a beat. Crew Chief Philip Dietz is one of the best in the business and still doesn't get the credit he deserves among the sport's best wrenches. Macedo's season in 2023 was derailed by that frightening crash at Knoxville and then later a fractured vertebrae at Skagit, but he still managed to finish third in the standings. I think we could have a serious slugfest for the Outlaw Championship in 2024 with this group. One interesting note in the Outlaw release for Macedo, they mentioned the addition of the Scott Boyd family as one of the JGR41 supporters for next season. If you aren't aware, Scott Boyd is one of the partners in SLS Promotions, and he owns Caravan Trailers. The initial word around Casey Kane was that he wasn't going high limit because of that Caravan Trailers sponsorship, but things clearly changed there. I'd heard Kane had lost Caravan, and now it seems as though Boyd has shifted his support to Macedo and the 41. SLS promotes a significant part of the Outlaw schedule in the Midwest, so it would make sense that Boyd would want his sponsorship on display at those races. It's an interesting example of the kind of interwoven nature of these sponsorships and some of these business deals. As for what's next, word is still out that, uh, that the Outlaws will get at least one more team to commit, and that High Limit probably has a few more in the bag as well. So, not done here for a Sprint Car Series announcements. On one other Sprint Car note, Knoxville Raceway very quietly slipped in a 2024 Knoxville Nationals announcement with their ticket mailings in recent days. The 63rd Nationals will now pay $190,000 to win next August. That's another $5,000 bump up from $185K a year ago. A hat tip to Ashley Zimmerman uh, on pointing that one out. Ashley contributes regularly uh, regularly to Dirt Empire magazine, and she tagged me in her social post sharing that news. As for weekend racing, Brandon Shepard, your winner at the Gateway Dirt Nationals, he started outside front row, led all 40 laps to score the $30,000 win. Wasn't all easy, though, as Bishop had to fend off a last lap slider attempt from Ricky Thornton Jr., who went full send into turn one. RTJ wasn't able to get across the nose of the B5, though, and he ended up sliding up into the wall and Shippy got away for the victory. Uh, uh, it was his first inside the dome. Tanner English joined Shepard and Thornton on the Knights podium. Uh, the Knights modified feature was also a fun show. Drake Trauman able to keep Ricky Thornton Jr. and Mike Harrison at bay for the duration. Harrison got big sideways at one point in that feature and uh, tagged RTJ, and I'm guessing that the damage from that contact is what eventually ended RTJ's night. Harrison and Jordan Grabowski were also on the podium. The Gateway Dirt Nationals have become quite the spectacle over the years, and I saw somewhere this weekend the event compared to the WWE. I certainly don't want all of dirt racing to become like that, but I do like that Gateway kind of has developed its own personality and brand as an event. Uh, I know some don't like that about this weekend, uh, you know, with the outlandish interviews and the never-ending sound bites and the memes, you know, alongside the kind of rough and tumble on-track action. But, you know, here and there on the schedule, it's fine. I definitely think there's a place for it. And if you don't like it, it's pretty easy not to just not tune in, not watch. Uh, indoors at DeCoin, Thomas Meserol had a very big bounce back from a tough West Coast swing with his new midget team. He won the Power Eye Junior Knepper 55 over the weekend, uh, taking the lead with 13 to go and topping Kenan McIntosh and Zach Dom at the end. 
TMS started fifth and patiently worked his way forward before getting to the lead. The early part of that feature, pretty messy, uh, but it did settle out and we had some clean racing towards the end. Uh, next up for indoor season is the Tulsa shootout coming up at the end of the month. So a lot of indoor racing still uh, here to come in the coming weeks. Uh, that's it for the daily show today. Make sure you're subscribed to our email newsletter, The Slider. It's free. I got a few pieces in the hopper right now, including that Bill Baylog interview I mentioned here just a few minutes ago. You can sign up for that newsletter over at dirttracker.com slash the slider. You can also find all previous issues over there as well. I hope you guys have a great Tuesday out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. <laughs>